Welcome to the Cody Felger Podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking Colts football. Here is your host, Cody Felger. Welcome back to the Cody Felger Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Felger. Joining me now, Andrew Thomason. Andrew, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. How are you, Cody? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Uh, so today, by the request of some of our listeners... We're going to go in depth today. In the next couple episodes, we're going to go in depth, and we're going to do a little bit of a different type of podcast. And so today we're going to look at the Colts' skilled positions, that being quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And we're going to look in depth at the players at that position and kind of talk about the competition that will have to happen and then finally predict who we think makes the final 53-man roster um, at the end of the preseason. Sound good? Let's do it. All right, cool. First up, obviously, this is probably the easier one. Quarterback, you got Andrew Luck, your starter, backup Jacoby Brissett, and then Philip Walker on the roster. So let's talk about that a little bit because we obviously know that Andrew Luck is back to his form. And what can we expect, I guess, from Andrew Luck going into his second season now with the same offensive coordinator? Uh, I think you can expect um, really, really big things from him. Like you said, he's he's on, he's got a – Another offseason under his belt with Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni and the offensive personnel. Uh, and he's got some new weapons uh, in his arsenal. And I think, uh, I think we can expect some really great things. Yeah, definitely. And you touched on that um, just with the new weapons that Andrew Luck has. I mean, honestly, last year, outside of T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron, really, um, Andrew Luck didn't have a whole lot to work with. You know, Jack, and Do- Jack Doyle, who's usually, you know, a pretty consistent guy. He, he, for some reason was in and out of the lineup and then got injured at the, I think it was the Miami game. He was injured and out for the year um, with a hip injury. One thing that I think is interesting, Andrew is um, so throwing it back a couple years when Andrew Luck had Pep Hamilton as his offensive quarter, I believe that was 2013. Yeah. 2013 and 2014. That was the first time. And the only time besides, you know, going into this season where Andrew Luck has had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row. And I kind of want to look at some stats really quick. So in 2013 was Andrew Luck's first year with Hamilton. He had 3,822 yards, 23 touchdowns, and against nine interceptions. Um, Not really great numbers, uh, but, you know, solid numbers. And then you see the jump that he made in 2014. He had, you know, arguably his best season as a pro, he had 4,700 yards, 40 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions, and a 96.5 quarterback rating. And so my question to you, Andrew, do you think that there's some merit to that, that Andrew Luck is kind of now more comfortable in Reich's system, and therefore he could put up um, some better numbers, even though he put up phenomenal numbers last year in Reich and Sirianni's system? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly what we're looking at uh, with the comparison that you just made from Pep Hamilton from 2013 to 2014 to what we're looking at now with Reich and Sirianni. I think with, like I said, the new weapons he has in his arsenal, I think with Marlon Mack coming back healthy, uh, with the offensive line staying intact, I think there's a really, really good chance that Andrew Luck uh, potentially takes the MVP award this year. I really do. People forget that last season – uh, had it not been for Patrick Mahomes uh, and his his MVP season, Andrew Luck would have been, I think, the clear cut front runner for the MVP award. Definitely, and, and I think you also have to look at 
like the start of Andrew Luck's season, kind of shaking the rust off. I mean, he wasn't fully himself, and he'll he'll be the first to admit that. And yet he still finished second in the league in touchdown passes. You know, still, I think that was his best year uh, of his career as far as quarterback rating is concerned. And so you have to look at, like, Andrew Luck without any rust for an entire season. Like, the sky's the limit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like I said, I think the best is yet to come. I'm going to sort of take a quote from Chris Ballard, and, and he had mentioned that last offseason before we had even seen what Andrew Luck was going to be in 2018. And I think he's mentioned that several times, as has Immerse and uh, Frank Reich. They all know, and we all know, what he is capable of. And I think the best is yet to come in 2019. Definitely. And now we look at to the backup quarterbacks here. We got Jacoby Brissett, who he threw maybe one or two passes last year. Um, but he's entering the final year of his contract. And so uh, I guess people were kind of speculating, like, well, will the Colts decide to you know trade Brissett this offseason? And it looks like they won't. Um, so what does that mean for the Colts, you know, going in maybe to next year for their backup quarterback position? I think Chris Ballard really views Jacoby Brissett as, you know, one of the guys. He's not a second or third string player. Um, and I think that he is somebody that maybe in a couple years could potentially be traded elsewhere. But Chris Ballard says that, you know, he likes Brissett's character. He likes his work ethic. And he knows that he could potentially be something, um, you know, maybe maybe a potential successor to Andrew Luck down the road. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's potent, that's potentially something. But, you know, Ballard has also said, like, he thinks Brissett's, you know, he's expressed his love for Brissett. So would it make sense to not re-sign him and let him go play elsewhere um, in 2020? Uh, that's a good question. I think it only ultimately comes down to what Ballard feels is best for Brissett. If he feels it's best to resign him and keep him on the roster and keep grooming him, um, sort of as maybe an insurance policy in case, you know, uh, luck goes down, um, then, you know, I think that's what, he, what he'll do. But if he feels it's best to train away and give him a chance to be a starting quarterback in this league, um, I mean, there's only 32, you know, starting quarterbacks, and it's very, very hard to, uh, to come by. It really is, yeah. And and you also look at a guy like Philip Walker, for example, not saying he'll be the backup, but, I mean, he made significant strides last year in the preseason, I think. And so I don't know how high the Colts are on him, but, I mean, he's not a bad player either. Yeah, Philip Walker, uh, he's he's interesting. I, uh, <clears throat> I've watched him a little bit, you know, over the last couple seasons. I'm sure we all have. Um, and I think I've, I've noticed – that we've released him quite a bit, and then we've brought him back, and we've elevated him to the practice squad, and then we've released him again, and then we keep, you know, it's a, it's a reoccurring event here, and I think it's interesting because Philip Walker is, I think, is a unique talent. Um, now, I, I don't think we've seen enough to be able to determine whether or not he could be a, a starting quarterback in this league. I think he's a very, very good um, backup at best, uh, but like I said, until I see more, I'm not... I'm not really going to make any comments on whether or not I think he can be a, a starting caliber quarterback. Definitely. And, and I think this preseason, again, if the Colts keep him on the roster, will be really cool to see has he made even more progress. And then maybe that could influence the Colts' decision to resign Brissett next offseason. Um, that'll be an interesting thing to watch. But, I mean, I think the quarterback position, it's pretty much set. We kind of know it's going to be Luck and Brissett this season. Um, but it could get a little bit interesting next offseason. Okay. So next we're going to move into more of an intriguing group, the the running back group. They have 
four guys on their roster and potentially five. I mean, Chris Ballard's talked about his love for Jonathan Williams as well, but they got four guys on their roster who I think can really help them, starting off with the obvious starter, Marlon Mack. Um, what, what did you see from Mack's game? I think, you know, he obviously really elevated his game um, in 2018. What, do you, what did you see as far as improvements for Mack? I saw a potential superstar. Hmm. And I'm not exaggerating. I think Marlon Mack is is one of those backs that was selected in the fourth round, I believe, a couple drafts ago by Ballard. And I think Ballard saw the same thing, uh, potential stardom. And people forget he missed four games last season and still rushed for, I believe, close to, if not a little over 1,000 yards. And so if he really, if he stays healthy this season, I can really see him, especially with the offensive lines being attacked uh, with all five starters. I can definitely see Marlon Mack breaking 12 or 1300 yards and being that that workhorse back um, that I think Chris Ballard expected him to be when he drafted him yeah absolutely and I think he definitely has the potential to be there um, and be at that point but the only thing I think that's hindering Mac right now is durability and I think that's something we saw last year um, you know the, at the beginning of the season you know I think he pulled a hamstring or something and he was out for the first couple games and the Colts running game I mean it really struggled there for a while until Mac made his return and so I think the biggest knock on Mac right now is just can he stay healthy for 16 games can he you know continue to be that if he wants to be that workhorse back for the Colts for five, ten years, can he stay healthy? And I think that's the biggest question. Yeah, absolutely. Availability is the best ability. So, Yeah, and, and I think the thing that the Colts have realized is they, they shouldn't bet on Marlon Mack being a 16-game starter and put all their eggs in that basket. And so as a result, they, they signed a running back, Spencer Ware. Um, he has connections with Chris Ballard from Kansas City. He was there a couple years ago. Uh, what can Ware bring to this Colts backfield? Yeah, I was actually watching a little bit of Ware's film the other day, and I really like what I saw. Uh, Ware is a sort of uh, hit the hit the whole kind of running back that if a gap opens up and presents itself, he's going to hit it. Um, he's got very good hands out of the coming out of the backfield, and I think uh, I see similarity between him and Marlon Mack a little bit. I think he's a little bigger, uh, but I think I think look out for Ware to be a potential um, potential starter this coming season uh, behind maybe Hines and Wilkins. Interesting, yeah. And you talked about he's – I think that's kind of a credit to Marlon Mack if you said that he reminds you of Marlon Mack in a way because Spencer Ware is 5'10", 229, so he's a big, powerful back. I think that's something that the Colts – really lacked last year and it kind of showed up even in that Jacksonville game you know as good as Jordan Wilkins was as a rookie the Colts didn't have that guy that they could just you know that that thumper running back that they could just hand it off to from the two yard line he could just power his way in and so I think that's an aspect that their running game was missing last year as good as it was for a long time I think that they were missing just that big goal line back and I think that's what Spencer Ware can bring to this Colts offense okay uh, the next one on our list, Naheem Hines, who was drafted last year in the fourth round, was the fastest running back in the 2018 draft, and had a little fumbling issues in the preseason, um, but then kind of really turned it around, and I think he was one of the top rookies as far as receptions, and you know he was on the, at the top in, as far as receptions on the Colts last year as a rookie. So what can Hines do for the Colts in 2019? Uh, I, I loved the Hines selection when we selected him last year, and I thought he could fill in with that sort of Darren Sproles role uh, back when Reich was with Philadelphia. 
uh, the punt returning game, the kick returning game, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And, I mean, he's just explosive. You get the ball into his hands, he's got the chance to take it all the way every time just because, like you had mentioned, with that fastest 40-yard uh, dash time for a running back in, that, in the, uh, the draft that he was selected in. I mean, like I said, he's just a home run uh, type player, and he get the ball in his hands, and he's a threat to take it all the way every time. Absolutely, and I think he gives the Colts a weapon outside of the backfield, you know, kind of the receiving threat running back. Not that Marlon Mack isn't that, but I think that's definitely Naheem Hines' specialty. Okay, the next guy, he was also drafted last year by Chris Ballard, Jordan Wilkins, you know, 6'1", 216, so kind of a bigger back. Um, but I think he showed some things last year as a rookie. Yeah, absolutely. He definitely showed some flashes. And one thing that kind of caught me off guard about Wilkins is I think he's a lot faster than we give him credit for. Uh, I remember doing some sort of analysis on him back when I was rating drafts or grading drafts um, last year. And one thing that I had mentioned was, you know, how fast is Wilkins? And that was something that I, I guess I wouldn't say I was really concerned with, but it was something that I sort of the question was whether or not I thought he could potentially be that power back sort of like we just discussed and it turns out he proved me way wrong and from the different ways that we used him last season from you know pitches to I think he was in a couple end rounds at one point um, and I think he was in a lot of third and short situations and I think he can be that power back even though he's maybe not that um, heavy in terms of weight. But I think, like I said, he's a lot faster than, than what we maybe expected him to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what are some things you think that – we'll just throw Hines and Wilkins in here. What do you think are some things, Hines first, that they both can improve on um, to take the next step in 2019? Uh, that's a good question with Hines. I mean, I, the only really issue, I, I guess, I, you could say I saw with Hines last year is his ability to hit the hole. Um, he has a tendency, I think, to bounce it outside maybe a little too much. Uh, especially with as good as the Colts' offensive line is when you've got guys like Quentin Nelson, Mark Lewinsky, and Ryan Kelly paving the way for you. Um, so I think in terms of heights, I think maybe hitting the hole a little more often is something he could work on. And then as far as Wilkins is concerned, um, I, you know, to be honest with you, Cody, I don't think I've seen enough to be able to determine um, something that I think Wilkins could really work on. Uh, you know, he was in our offense quite a bit last season, but I think – the, the few times that I did see him, or that at least I remember seeing him, I didn't really see any issues with him. Um, he certainly has no problem with hitting the home run. Like I said, his speed uh, certainly surprised me, and I'm sure surprised a lot of other people as well. They definitely did. And then the final guy on our list here, Jonathan Williams, who was actually on the Colts roster. They carried four running backs. He was the number four running back last year. And Chris Ballard has just raved about him. I admittedly don't know much about Jonathan Williams, um, but, I mean, he's six foot, 223, so he's kind of a bigger back as well. Um, what do you think, if he makes that roster, if, if, if Ballard is justified in his praise for Mr. Williams, what do you think he can bring to the Colts? Uh, that's a good question, and to be quite honest with you, I don't know much about Mr. Williams either. And if I remember correctly, I don't recall seeing him playing last season and so if I'm being honest until I really see him on the field um, and see what, what he's capable of, of bringing to the table if he makes the Colts rock that is uh, um, that I'm, I'm not really sure uh, what he's able to bring until I until until I see it with my, my own two eyes yeah I mean to be fair I mean he hasn't really had that many carries I think he's had 30 total attempts in his career so not a lot of people outside of the Colts organization really know what this guy can bring um, so it'll be interesting to see. 
Okay, so we're going to now predict for the Colts running backs who we think are going to make the roster. So we're going to say the Colts had, I think they had, they carried four, like I mentioned last year on their roster. So we're just going to say there's four spots available. Who are the four running backs out of these guys that you're going to take? I'm going to take, without, of course, without hesitation, Marlon Mack. I'm going to take uh, Spencer Ware, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins. And that's nothing against uh, Williams. And if I've learned anything, I'll say this. It's to not doubt Chris Ballard when he sees something in a player. I mean, he's seemed to uh, have earned his respect in that regard. But as, like you said, as far as the running backs are concerned, I personally am going to take Marlon Mack, Spencer Ware, uh, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins. Yeah. Okay, that was a little bit of an easy one for you because, I mean, there was really, there was, you had to pick four out of five, and I think it was pretty obvious. So this next position group I think will be a little bit tougher. We're going to move now to the wide receiver position. And the Colts have a lot of guys coming back, a lot, a lot of guys. And I you know it's going to take a while if we go through all these guys. Um, so I'm just going to you know just talk about the guys who we think are going to make the roster first. So we've got T.Y. Hilton, we've got Devin Funchess, and we've got Paris Campbell, who the Colts drafted this year. Those are the three guys that we are almost 100% sure are going to make this roster. So there are a lot of guys... A lot, a lot of guys on this roster who we just don't know. Um, we could say, for example, that a Deion Kane's going to make the roster, but, I mean, we just don't know. We assume he will, but we don't know. So we'll start there with Kane. Uh, I'll just list out, actually, all these guys. So we got Deion Kane. We got Ashton Doolin, I think that's how you say it. We got Darice Fountain, Penny Hart, Krishan Hogan, Steve Ishmael, Marcus Johnson, Zach Paschal, and Chester Rogers. And also Jordan Vesey, who I don't even know who that is. But there's a lot, a lot of guys. So let's say let's let's do, let's do this, Andrew. We got we'll say the Colts keep. What do you think? Four or five or six receivers? Five or six receivers? What what what, what number do you think is a good good guess here? I'd say about five. Okay, so we got to fill the last two roster spots. Okay. So who are you going to pick out of all of these guys? I know we, we still have to see training camp. We have to see if Deion Kane's fully recovered. We have to see all these things. But, I mean, the Colts got a lot of guys who I think have a lot of potential to make this roster. And so who do you think out of all of these guys that we mentioned are kind of the, we'll say, the, the three guys to watch here? Oh, man, the three guys to watch. I'd say Chester Rogers, Deion Kane, and... Marcus Johnson. Uh, Marcus Johnson really came along last season in the short time that he played based on injuries that we had at the receiver position. And I think he showed some flashes with his speed and route running ability. Uh, then Chester Rogers, who we, I believe, signed as an undrafted free agent out of Grambling State a couple of seasons ago. Uh, he has really come on as, I think, a potential uh, second or third string receiver. He's got great speed. Uh, he did a lot in the punt return game last season. He's got good running ability. I think he's a very underrated uh, second or third string receiver. And then with uh, Deion Kane, although he's coming off of an ACL injury, he showed some phenomenal flashes at training camp last season. I remember watching some of the short videos of him, and, and I was just, my eyes were wide and my jaw was dropped. I just couldn't believe that he fell to the sixth round. I mean, he looked like a first-round pick with the way he was performing out there. And so if he comes back fully healthy, uh, I wouldn't be surprised in the least bit to see him make the roster as well. I know Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are very, very high on him. Hmm. 
And then uh, you also mentioned Marcus Johnson, who I thought was interesting. So what's your reasoning behind that? Uh, I remember seeing him come along, like I said, early in the season when we had some injuries at the receiver position. And I remember watching him run a couple different routes, and I remember watching you know, how fast he was. Uh, now I don't think he's you know, Paris Campbell or T.Y. Hilton fast, but I think he, you know, with a little bit of development uh, from our personnel group, and coaching staff, I think he could potentially see himself in that fifth or maybe even sixth wide receiver role. Yeah. Another th- three guys that I thought was interesting that you didn't think would make the roster, who I think potentially could, uh, Zach Paschal, uh, Penny Hart, and then Ashton Doolin, who I know a lot of people are high on. Um, so I'm kind of curious, why do you think those guys probably won't make the roster at the end when all is said and done? To be quite honest with you, I forgot about Zach Pascal. Um, but he, he definitely came along last season and played very, very well. And I guess if I had to pick a fourth guy, he would be um, – he actually might even take the place of Marcus Johnson, if I'm being honest, now that I think about it, just because he had a, a better season and was maybe a little more productive than Johnson was. And it's probably because uh, Pascal got more opportunities than Johnson did. Uh, but still, the production is there, and I think Pascal has the potential chance to, to – really make the roster as well. And as far as the other two receivers, uh, Penny Hart, who I've seen a lot of good things about on Twitter, um, I'm not really sure on him. I don't know a ton about him. And like I said, I don't don't think it's fair for me to make any uh, judgment or assumptions based on uh, Penny Penny Hart's uh, abilities until I see it for myself. And then the other receiver, whose name I cannot remember, um, (laughs) I... Same with goes for him. I, I haven't seen much out of him. I've heard good things about him via Twitter and what what have you. But until I see production-wise what he can do, maybe it's through training camp or if he uh, makes the roster or maybe he's moved to the practice squad. Um, but like I said, until I see with my own two eyes, uh, I think it's unfair for me to make any sort of assumptions or judgments. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's way, way too early to – basically make predictions on these guys um definitely have to see them in you know training camp and in other things but i think this receiver position is going to be a really interesting one like we could make all the guesses in the world and we probably won't be right because somebody will probably lo and behold somebody will probably you know really really show themselves in training camp really really stand out in the preseason games and make this roster somebody who we may not even be talking about could be making this roster and that just speaks to kind of the depth of the receiver position this year as opposed to last year yeah absolutely uh and depth you know we've we've talked about this before uh it's certainly not a bad thing to have no absolutely not we saw that last year with with multiple positions i think that was the downfall ultimately of and that was the kind of the colts what what did in the colts last year was the lack of depth okay so speaking of depth, the next position that we're going to look at has a ton of depth, a ton of depth. The tight end position is absolutely crazy with the amount of depth and potential it has in it. Okay, so we have Jack Doyle, who is coming back from a hip surgery last year, uh, the end of his season against Miami. I uh, got Eric Ebron, who I think had a surgery as well, minor surgery, but I mean, he really broke out in 2018. And then you got Mo Ali Cox, who I thought had a good sophomore campaign. I thought he showed significant strides, specifically in run blocking. And then you got Ross Travis, who um, the Colts re-signed, who last year I think got injured in training camp uh, or one of the preseason games. I think it was actually one of the preseason games he got injured. 
Um, but he has a lot of potential. He is a big, big man at 6'6", 248, um, still a young guy. And then the Colts got, you know, some other guys. Like, I think Hale Hint- Hintages, Hinches, I can't even say it, out of Alabama. I know he's a really, really good uh, run blocker as well. And so, uh, man, looking at this tight end position, Andrew, uh, what is what stands out about this position to you besides the depth? I just think the unique abilities of each individual – if I'm being honest, Eric Abron, like you said, he emerged as an elite tight end. Uh, Jack Doyle is a very underrated run blocker, uh, and we saw him uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in a lot of our different run pass option schemes. Uh, and I remember watching him on several different you know, running formations that we had, whether it was a YY, whether it was a specific running play like a stretch. And he was out there, and he was blocking linebackers that were two or three inches bigger than he was. And, I mean, he was just – he looked like Quentin Nelson out there at the tight end position. Um, so I think Jack Doyle brings a very uh, strong running block ability. Um, and then as far as Mo'Ally Cox is concerned, I agree with you. He's a very, very strong run blocker. I mentioned that when we first talked about him uh, several months ago. But I think Mo'Ally Cox uh, is also still working on developing his pass-catching abilities. And I think with him being a former basketball player, uh, six foot six, I think over time he could potentially become an elite pass catcher. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be very interesting to see this tight end position play out because if all healthy, I mean, the sky's the limit for this group. I mean, they've got endless potential on this group from number one to number four. I think all these guys are super, super talented guys, super, super you know, some of them for Jack Doyle, super, super consistent guys. I mean, now two of them have been named to the Pro Bowl. So I think that's definitely a strength for the Colts is their tight end group. Um, and the question now is just can they stay healthy? You know, can Jack Doyle stay healthy? Can Eric Ebron stay healthy? Can Mo Ali Cox stay healthy? Can Ross Travis stay healthy? That's just the biggest question. Again, similar to Marlon Mack and the running back group, it's just health is the biggest thing. Like you mentioned, availability is the best ability. And so... Okay, now shifting gears, um, I sent out a tweet and a post yesterday on Facebook and Twitter, um, and I want to do kind of a section where we had the fans ask questions, and we answer them to the best of our ability. So we'll start here with Twitter, and this one's from Trenton Claycomb. He asked the question, what do you think of Funches having an 80% success rate on the two routes that luck threw the most last season? And he has a chart with it. The two routes that Andrew Luck threw the most last season were the curl route at 117. He threw 117 of those, and that is 80% uh, success rate for Devin Funches. And then the second one is the out route. So Andrew Luck threw that 65 times last season, and that is also at 80% for Devin Funches. This is a very intriguing and in-depth question. Um, What do you think of this? What do you take away from this, Andrew? Yeah, I just think it speaks to to – Funches's um, route running abilities. I think that was something that people questioned uh, coming in was his route running uh, slightly, I suppose, and more so his, his catch rate or his catching rate. Um, I know he struggled a little bit in Carolina last season, but I'm looking at the chart here myself and I see, like you said, the 80% on the curl route and the 80% on the out route. Uh, I think that just speaks to uh, chemistry as well. I think with Luck having a high success rate from last season on that, I think it could potentially. Uh, affect 
their chemistry for this season in a, in a positive way. Yeah, and I definitely think that speaks to how last season Reich put guys like Eric Ebron in positions to be successful. And I think that kind of speaks to, first off, the Colts analytics people, and second off to Frank Reich and his staff, because I think they'll see these stats and they'll be like, oh, well, we can use this guy. Like, we... This is kind of in our offense, and this guy fits our offense so well. I mean, this is these are the routes that we run, and you know he he's very good at these routes. And so I think that kind of speaks to just Reich and company wanting to put their players in the best position to succeed, and I think they will. And this this chart shows that they will with Devin Funchess next season. Okay, the next question is: How do you envision this one's from Andrew Fisher? It says. How do you envision the Colts using Funches? I saw a stat several weeks ago about his hands being much better on in-breaking routes. Luck also seems to be to like big athletic targets in the middle of the third of the field. Um, well, I sort of spoke on this in one of our previous podcasts, uh, and I'll just go back to what I said. I think Devin Funches could potentially fill that Alshon Jeffrey-like role that Frank Reich had in Philadelphia. Yeah, Frank Reich, I think he went in to Chris Ballard when they were watching the film on Funches, and he was very high on him. He had very high praise and said, uh, we, need to, we need to sign this guy. And so, uh, like I said earlier, I think he could really fill that Alshon Jeffrey-like role. The go route, the you know he's a six foot four wide receiver. Go up and get it, and uh, I think that was something that we really missed in our offense last season. Uh, and I think that he could potentially fill that role this season. Definitely, and this one's from Zachary Cooper. This is actually a few questions jammed into one question. The first question is: Will Jordan Wilkins make the roster? Oh man, I, I think so. I think so. I think he showed enough. Uh, potential last season I mentioned I commented on his speed and his uh, versatility earlier and I think that I I don't think there's any doubt in my mind he'll make the roster and he also asks about how good do you think Spencer Ware will be Uh, also something I commented on a little bit earlier but I think Spencer Ware will be very very uh, dynamic I watched a little bit of his film uh, as I mentioned earlier with the Kansas City Chiefs and I watched his ability to hit the hole right away when, when it presented itself, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And as you had mentioned, Cody, he's a little bit of a bigger back, so I would be surprised to see him in on those third short plays um, this coming season as well. The final, the final question that Zachary asks is, how will Jack Doyle being back help open up the running game a little bit more? Oh, man. Um, like I said earlier, I think it goes back to Jack Doyle's elite run blocking. I think he's a very underrated run blocker, and when he's not on the field, I think we noticed a difference in the effectiveness on our runs to the outside or even our inside runs because I think Jack Doyle sometimes uh, lined up at fullback uh, every now and then last season. And so with him back, I think that really opens up the running game a lot more because, like I said, he's a very underrated run blocker. Yeah, and finally, the last question here that I have. This one isn't really on skilled positions. It's more just on the team in general. This one from Paul is asked, what makes this team better than last year's and why? Oh, wow. I like this question a lot. Um, and I'll just start by saying that depth is something that Chris Ballard centered his focus on during the draft and free agency. And uh, I think major improvements at pass rusher and wide receiver, which I know, excuse me, my apologies, which I know a lot of us fans were really high on last season, and I think that was something, when we go back and look at the Kansas City game, that we really struggled with. You know, T.Y. Hilton wasn't 100%, and we had other receivers that were banged up, and it was really hard to get the voting game going. And so, you know, with the additions of Funches 
and uh, Spencer Ware and Paris Campbell and several other offensive weapons and Deion Kane coming back. I think that really uh, makes our offense potentially one of the most explosive units this coming season. Yeah, and also I think to answer that question, I think just the additions of the defense as well. Um, just the Colts basically – entire draft centered on the defense I think will definitely help adding more talent because that's something I always looked at last year was like the Colts aren't the most talented team by any means and now you know they're stacking another draft onto this draft and adding more defensive talent and we knew that they kind of that was at least the the unit that probably lacked the most talent last year as good as they were yeah absolutely and I couldn't agree with you more I think based on all the additions on both sides of the ball I think we're a very underrated team. Um, I think we're under the radar, you know, because we're not the Patriots or the Chargers or the Chiefs or the Saints. And so people aren't talking about us because we went 10 and 6 and got beat by the Chiefs in the, in the divisional round. But I, I actually wrote an article the other day uh, for Sports Keto making predictions for the AFC South record wise for this season. And I had the Colts winning 12 games despite our season, uh, or excuse me, despite our, our schedule being uh, aligned the way it was. Uh, and I, I wholeheartedly see a 12-win season potentially uh, based on all the additions that we made. Absolutely. And with that, I think that concludes our episode looking at the Colts' skilled positions. And so I think in our next one, we're going to look at the Colts' offensive line. I mean, this is going to be a very, very interesting one because Colts are bringing back every single starter from last season. I think this might be one of the first times in the Andrew Luck era that they've done that. And so on our next episode, we'll definitely look in depth for that. And I'll probably send out uh, another thing, another another post for uh, Twitter questions. So be sure to send your questions in if you want them read, if you want them answered. And so thank you guys for listening and be sure to subscribe. Be sure to comment with your thoughts and we'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, go Colts.